0: Hi, I'm Marika, and welcome to Money Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading floors in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest, and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired, and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindset, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me in this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. My guest today is Anne. She's French and has lived in Lisbon for the past five years. She's chatty, super welcoming, and spreads her energy everywhere. And knowing the country inside out, she's been a travel and wedding planner.
1: She also inspires people on Instagram and nearly opened a restaurant being a food addict. She often is on the move, liking the good hotels, but also camping. And her favorite region is Alentejo in Portugal and the country in Seaside is still wild and unspoiled. She last is a proud mum of Archibald, a four-year-old, that she's trying to raise as a feminist boy. So, hello, Han, how are you?
2: I'm very fine. Good morning, Marika. Very happy to be here.
1: Yeah, same. Like, so happy to have you on this podcast, so thanks for... Being open and willing to share your experience, especially on two subjects which can be a bit taboo, like money and euro. So thanks for really being open. And yeah, let's start. So before we like dig into Tuesday's subject, basically, I'd like to know more about your relationship with money. So um, really to understand more about your personality. You seem to be a very open and free woman on lots of topics. Is it the same with money? <laughs> I would
2: say yes and no. I have a kind of a schizophrenic relationship with money as I grew up in two opposite worlds regarding uh, money. So from my mother's side, money was uh, like a taboo, something that we cannot speak around the table or in the family. We don't speak about money because, uh, well, it's not something that uh, educated people do. And on the contrary, in my dad's uh, family, it was more like uh, money was the center of the relationship. And almost, not to say it was like that, the more I give you money, the more it means I love you, which is, I think, maybe a little bit weird. <laughs> I grew up in an environment. My dad is, was working as an auditor, as an accountant. And so I grew up with, I would say, a very precise notion of money. I remember my first work was uh, on the markets in France because I overpassed uh, my uh, phone um, bill. And so I needed to reimburse my dad and I was get up every Saturday for like a month and a half at five o'clock in the morning to earn money, to pay back the bill. So I think I grew up with a big notion of what is the money and how hard it is to earn money. But also we were very lucky because I never missed money. I mean, uh, I grew up in a very lucky family. Nowadays, from my point of view, as a 33 years older woman, it's kind of... I completely understand that you need money to leave. I can make money because I made money in the past, but money is like something very weird for me. Maybe I'm ashamed a little bit of making money. It's like but I'm starting to change a little bit that.
1: Okay, so maybe some limiting beliefs, but yeah, you, you're fighting them, basically. And what kind of spender or money manager are you? Like, do you like spending time looking at your accounts? Like, do you know your numbers? What's coming in? What's going out? Or, or you're not at all that kind of person?
2: A lot of things in my life, I keep a lot of things in my brain uh, because my brain has space, but it's also an issue because then uh, I'm using space for something that could be dealt in another way. So I have highs on my account all the time. I know exactly how much money I have on my accounts and I have a general idea of the cost of my life, but I am not a planner. I don't spend more money than I have.
1: Okay, that's, that's a good principle. So, two years ago, you basically started the long process of divorce. We often know that generally women tend to initiate the decision, and in vast percentage, like 75% of the time. So, what your case and even neutral, and to make it like pretty simple, what drove this choice?
2: So, yeah, I'm part of the 75% woman. I was with my um, husband for 11 years. And we reached a point that I realized I was very unhappy. And it was unfortunately because of this relationship. And I could not become who I wanted being with him since we met when I was 20. So I do believe that, or you need to be a very open minded, communicative couple to grow together in kind of parallel lines. But unfortunately, we decided to mix so many things that it was very hard then to grow as two individual beings together. Mm-hmm. My ex-husband had some ideas of what he wanted in life and I had very different views. I spend a lot of time trying to mix these views and then it comes to a point that maybe I could just do it alone.
1: Because mm-hmm. it's too much effort or...
2: Yeah, energy you put in a family of three people instead of putting energy in, in my case in myself and then I raised my son and I think it was a like I don't think it was a very hard decision but I can see like now we are getting back to um, a very nice and uh, talkative uh, relationship and we will reach a point soon that it was the best for us.
1: So, when did money actually come to your mind while making the decision? Like, did you financially plan for what would happen after? Because, especially in your case, like both your personal and your professional life were impacted because you had invested in a restaurant with your ex and you basically were all set to open, but of course, it never saw the light with a change of plan. So, was money something that came to your mind or you were so? I don't know, focus on something else that actually you, you did not really have this search.
2: B, the response, B. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't plan
2: anything. I left on a journey like I always do, but this time I was alone. And then when I came back, I told him like, it's over. And the unfortunately, when I come to a decision like that, it cannot be backwards. There is no back in my very strong life decision. And it was the same year and we were about to open a restaurant and I didn't think about anything because also it was obvious for me that we would never get to a point of dirty money conversation, how naive I was. Because of course, in this two years time frame, the divorce got really dirty. So... I hurt him very hard, he hurts me very hard. And so basically then you're driven by the fears and money comes in the middle because it's an easy subject to fight. But I always kept in my mind that he's the dad, he's the father of my child. And in a way I would never hurt him more than I did already. So I I kept in my mind this very open minded and careful attitude, even though we were going through some hard time, but I was always keeping the same. I will not hurt him. I will not hurt him. I will not hurt him. If I have to lose everything, I will lose everything. So it became very complicated time with my parents. they had like completely opposite view but I kept it and I believed in Antoine so I would say trust saved us because I trust him so much not to screw me because we spent 11 years together so we were not in a violent environment it was just like uh, unfortunately life bring us in a different path so I was so certain that it became like natural that he would never harm me because I was the mother of his child, and that we would find an agreement. And the agreement was finally fine because we did the proper negotiation. And negotiation is not someone is winning more than the other one, is we reached the point where everybody is winning.
1: So basically, yeah, very courageous to still have these ideas, and I love like the mentality around it. As you said, you've lived with this person for so long. You need a bit of trust. And even though your past separates, yeah, I mean, it's still the father of your child. And yeah, so yeah, really good mentality.
2: It will be forever. And I mean, uh, of course you can change a lot. Life can make you change. I went through burnouts and depression and it changed me. And uh, I'm becoming more and more free. But I choose him. He choose me. We were married and there are some reasons for that. And it's important to never forget the reason, okay? Mm -hmm. Even though you're not the same person anymore and what you want in your life is very different than when you were 20 or 25. So basically my idea, I wanted to keep the restaurant because I considered it was mine in terms of money. But in terms of low, we were half-half. And the moment I, I decided to let it go and say, okay, so I decided for the best we will sell a restaurant, it went completely clear that you will reimburse first my part.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's actually really interesting. Like because you like binational, in being like French, married in France, but actually also Portuguese resident, under which marriage law did you abide?
2: We got married in France under the French law. But since we were living in Portugal as a fiscal uh, resident uh, here, plus our son was settled here in Portugal and our buildings were in Portugal and our companies are in Portugal, we had to divorce under the Portuguese courts in Portuguese school under the French law. Wow. So that makes it complex. Plus we made like a wedding contract. I think at the end, What they want is happy ex-couples, okay? Mm -hmm. What they want is that your kid is well. And here in Portugal, it's very advanced, I would say, uh, comparing to France, probably. But the common uh, situation with divorced couples, I would say 99% of the case is um,
1: guarda partilhada. Okay, so shared custody. Exactly. Okay, so you have the shared custody, which is like nice because it's balanced and... Both parents can enjoy the children. And as you said, it makes, even though it's not anymore a couple, it's still like the children as birth influences, which is like quite nice. And what's happening then till is 18, Archibald? Is there any like money related matters on that fact or?
2: We are sharing everything, school costs. In the reality, we are still doing exactly what we were doing before. Like sometimes I'm paying, sometimes he's paying. But now what I do, so basically in our relationship, I was paying almost everything. And I was taking care about the money, the accounts, even his accounts. I don't know if it's because I was a control freak or also because he didn't care so much. Maybe it was like a mix in between both situations. It was convenient for him to let me do everything. So nowadays I'm trying to give him more space and sometimes I'm not afraid anymore to say, I'm sorry, I have trouble this month to pay that and that. Can you do? Can you pay the school? Can you do it?
1: Mm-hmm. And again, love your mentality on it. I mean, it seems like you absolutely detached from kind of emotions going in the way and yeah, just like living your life, trying to do the best and yeah, being fair kind of. So Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm learning that when
2: you give when you give in life to people you give smiles uh, help it's coming back to you mm-hmm. okay, always so I'm not afraid anymore to give okay not expecting anything of course but I, I do think I'm a giver and this is something I'm going to do more
1: mm-hmm. yeah support you in this 100% <laughs> that's good so let's talk about your new life now. so You've had, like, as you said, like a few tough years because you had the lunch of your restaurant, which was cancelled. And then you also worked for the travel and wedding industry. But of course, with COVID, it's been like severely impacted. So how do you live now in terms of like your source of revenues? And I know you're one of the most energetic person I know. You always have like ideas and projects going through your mind. So basically, what's next for you?
2: So until 2020, I was supposed to organize three weddings. So um, we could say I'm an essayist. Um, I, I try things and I'm not afraid to become... If we need to, so I became a wedding planner because I was contacted by people who wanted me to plan their wedding. I was an event planner. I, I used to be like, a, I had a catering agency. I had a food truck and I was about to open this restaurant. And I have my community in Instagram. And I'm like still trying to understand, figure out what is, how to make money about that. But so until 2020, things were okay. I was surviving 2020, like screw everything up. And it becomes super complicated for me. So now, for one year, I've been receiving help from my parents, a lot of uh, financial support. And recently, I sold my car. So now I have like a little bit of money and a little amount of money to invest in what I believe can help me build my business. So first thing is the sale of the restaurant. And this means building the concept or like finishing the concept it was finished like we could open the next day and it it would be working but it was not in terms of concept and decoration and vibes emotion like what I've been I've been through for three years four years so first it was a cleaning it was very important I've been a cleaning display since 1st of July 2020 so after the confinement I realized that I had a house and I was not living there. I was living in another place. And I mean, it was ridiculous. But it was very important for me to leave also uh, Beato and settle elsewhere because it was the first time I was on my own. No husband, no family. So very challenging. And then I came back to this house and I started to clean, organize, studying. And I had this clear vision. And of course I need to sell because I cannot be attached, linked to this uh, place. I'm not a chef and I need to move on with my life but I want to the first project is to go until the end produce like a concept that could work so I'm working on that and then I have like another project with a handcraft object here in Portugal and another one but it's going to be a long-term one it would be about um, becoming a therapist and more precisely about sex sex therapists. I would say so I'm going to try to mix All these things, and I do believe that uh, when you're driven by passion, which is my case, and uh, you really believe in what what you're saying and what you're experiencing, then money comes.
1: So that's actually leading to my next question, like, what are your money goals in life? And do you think, like, since you've separated, they've actually changed? So
2: I have been starting this very deep conversation about money recently, And I just discovered that money is an energy, okay? So if you don't care about the money and and you don't um, create money, it's like bad energy. So I am trying to figuring out not to be ashamed of earning money, making money, like almost accepting the fact that I can be like a business brand. So yeah, I would say it's changing now. I'm still... Figuring out, because my big goal is becoming completely financially independent. Mm -hmm. This is my goal for the next two years. I'm not dependent anymore on my father and my parents, which I am very happy and lucky that they can help me in this very hard time. But it's also like very heavy on my shoulder.
1: Yeah, responsibility and...
2: Yes, it's changed a lot. But I'm still learning to understand um, how to be proud of money. And I would say the COVID time even pushed me even further to this, okay? Mm-hmm. Keep the life very simple because now we don't go to restaurants. Maybe I was going a lot to restaurants because I love going out and discovering food. Food is still like a big part of my life. I am passionate about uh, eating and food and cooking. But Nowadays, it's much more simple experience. Yeah,
1: cool. <laughs> So I've left your question for the end, uh, which are a bit more fun. So my first one would be, because you love Portugal, and especially the Alentejo region, because you've been a travel organizer, as you said earlier, basically you have a few, I don't know, half a minute or something to make us dream and sell us this destination. Let's go.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I fell in love with Alentejo, like the first day I arrived there, the 8th of October, 2015, I would remember it all my life we arrived with motorbike because we were traveling with a motorbike with my ex-husband and I arrive in this uh, pink orange yellow blue sky and it looks like we were arriving in Africa because there are hills and the trees and it, I mean it's magical completely magical place so it's my retreat place I go to Alentejo near the Spain border almost uh, every two weeks I would say for every two weeks for two years now, but before that it was like maybe every month or every two months. But I've been going to Alentejo for like six years since I arrived in in Portugal, and I don't know. It's a place where I feel free. I can be myself, and there is nothing more than just the living, the breathing, the nature around you. Okay, there is no nothing to do but walking, reading. Breathing, enjoying the little flower, the birds, the atmosphere. And this is very important for me because I feel peace there because my mind sometimes is a bit crazy. So (laughs) it's great for me, but it has to be balanced. So, yeah, Alentejo is my happy place where I can write.
1: And you can really wind down, like, yeah, forget everything and just enjoy the present moment. Yeah. And you're also pretty successful on Instagram, like having a big community. So, for those who don't necessarily have so many followers, do you have any tips to give?
2: So, I am so famous. Yeah, no, I'm not. But I gained my community since I started to register podcasts. I already did like a seven or eight different podcasts about many subjects, but the one that uh, really uh, pulled out uh, a little bit uh, like my business and my project was uh, the one with Siam, Generation. Most of the people, they know me through this podcast and it's where, again, my community. But, you know, Instagram is, um, it's something that uh, we need to learn to detach completely because of course we are kind of waiting the approval of others, but should not. And for example, For the last three days, I've been, like, much more honest and much more closer to who I am truly. And I lost 40 people. (laughs) Okay? But it's great. It's great. I don't need people who are there to judge me or not to be happy. I mean, and it's my place. Like, Instagram is, I feel, it's kind of like a home, okay? Instagram is my home. I say whatever I want. If people don't like it, okay? You can unfollow me. So
1: yeah it's natural selection basically
2: (laughs) it needs to be it's very demanding okay it's something i don't put enough time in business wise okay because uh, me i'm very instinctive so i'm I'm kind of like i want to say something i I just say it in a very natural way you know just Mm -hmm. sometimes i post for five days and then i don't post anymore okay so basically i have a community of uh, 3,900 people or, or and. I have 1,300 people following my story every day. It's huge. Wow. It's like one third of my community is following me on the stories. Wow. So they are very connected. And why? It's because I'm honest, okay? I'm just being myself. And this is what people like. I'm showing good vibes, good energy, but also sometimes I say, well, I've been crying. Well, it's life is hard, but it's been challenging. I'm not afraid to say, when I'm not... A to co- open up. And I know it's hard for some people, but I don't care. Me, it's important to show that face also. okay? Because Instagram is not only the pretty life.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's both sides. Yeah, agreed. I really like the way that you're actually raising your son Archibald. You're trying to raise him with like feminist ideas. So do you have any tips on raising a feminist boy? <laughs> so
2: basically... I started in a way that I would say first I wanted to do the opposite of what I receive as an education which is was the wrong path because I cannot uh, reject all and there is a lot of amazing points in the education I receive even though it was maybe like a bit strict and sometimes a bit stubborn I would say I'm not very open minded but I do believe that all these question of gender are complicated tough subject because I believe that we all are carrying a man parts and a woman parts okay we have these sides these two sides woman and men, and we need to raise the two sides in the same uh, level and this is going to bring us to the equity that we are looking for okay because we cannot be equal really because women are very different than men but if every man pull out his woman's sides and if every woman pull out his man's side, it will be more balanced. Okay. The idea is to balance. So I'm trying not to judge any things they want to try and to be very open-minded. And at at the end, I always tell him the important is you feel good with yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically not having like too much separation and yeah, just knowing what, your son wants and letting him do so that he can experience and feel what, what's good or what's not good for him
2: to be open-minded to everything
1: mm-hmm. like
2: when have been doing that for food as well you know people are saying like oh you're so lucky your, your son is uh, so easy going with food it has nothing to do with luck i mean since always he has been trying because we were um, offering him to try things Okay, and when he say, "Mummy, I don't like," I'm never gonna force him. Of course, sometimes I'm like, "Okay, you need to eat. It's what we have. Sorry, you don't like, but it's like that." Okay, but otherwise, if he can choose, I will never force him to. I will never say like, "Yes, you like." No, he has the right to say, "I don't like." But first, he need to try.
1: Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> like it. <laughs> Cool. So I think we're arriving at the end of this episode. So thank you so much, Anne, for all these infos about the Jivo Spa and like your return of experience. It's been super informative. It's a long journey, surely, but which is always not easy. But you're happy now, which is what counts. So thanks again for sharing. Good luck for all of your projects and uh, take
0: care. Thank you so much. Speak to you soon. Bye. So, at the end of this episode, I hope you are as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you want to go further in mastering this beautiful adventure of owning your finances, please contact me. I offer workshops and coaching to guide you through. Finally, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word.